We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it is December 26th, it's 2019, and we're here to talk week 17 NFL. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, hope you had a Merry Christmas. How are you doing, my friend? Doing good. Just just hung out with some with some doctors and drank some white claws. You know? <laughs> Perfect Christmas. Christmas Eve, I spent eating a Marie Callender's fettuccine Alfredo dinner. And watching Dragonheart, underrated movie, underrated. Sean Connery is a magnificent dragon. I always look forward to your 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 Christmas takes. Um, you know, you always have the best ones. Like your Thanksgiving one, going to the beach, and then you know Marie's calendar, Alfredo with Dragonheart. <laughs> like, always look forward to what you have going on, um, Grant. But we have a lot going on. We have a 15-game main slate for NFL this week. No Thursday night, no Monday night. Everything's happening on Sunday, so we got uh, lots of games to get through here. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to our sponsor site, fantasydraft.com. They have a ton of stuff going on over there, but most importantly, it's rake-free DFS. If you're playing fantasy football, basketball, Hockey, um, golf is about to start back up, right? Um, so you can check all this stuff out over there on Fantasy Draft. Rake free. Pay for this $6 membership. If you play $100, you're going to make that membership worth it. So you'll, you'll, save, you'll save more than what you would do playing anywhere else in the industry with a $6 membership up to, I think it's $1,000. So make sure you're checking them out. Uh, let's get started here. Chargers and Chiefs, 44 and a half total here. Kansas City favored by nine. Let's start with the Chargers. I did think it was interesting that Phillip Rivers was on the injury report to start the week. Um, do we think he's going to start here, or do we think that this might be a spot they give uh, old Tyrod a start? Uh, it's interesting. So, Rivers still has, I believe, the longest active starting He streak. does. I looked it up. He does. Yeah, so I would assume he starts. I'm not going to be surprised if Tarad ends up finishing. So, while I may have had a little bit of interest in Rivers at the beginning of the week, that is a little bit worrisome here, and I don't know if it's going to be a spot that I end up going on. But the rest of the players, I feel like, are actually some interesting guys. Like, Allen at 6.1K, considering his volume, 10 targets in two straight weeks here, hasn't had a touchdown, was one yard away from 100 yards two weeks ago. Like, the guy's getting volume. The guy's getting consistent numbers. 11-plus in four straight weeks here, and he hasn't. he's only had one touchdown that span. We know that he's going to get volume. So, on full-point PPR sites, I still think that Keenan Allen's a pretty viable option. Mike Williams has been getting a ton of air yards. Like, he's a guy that 
is heavily involved in this offense, has touchdown upside, has the two in the last three weeks, uh, just showing some of that positive regression. He's only sitting there at 5K. He's definitely an option. Melvin Gordon is just still too cheap going up against one of the worst run defenses in the league. Uh, he's gotten just massive volume outside of blowouts. And I expect it to be the same here. He's heavily involved in the receiving game, heavily involved in the rushing game, big touchdown upside, too cheap. Eckler, you can take a shot on, but Hunter Henry probably has the best matchup out of everyone. I know that he hasn't done a whole lot for the majority of the season. Like, he started off hot, and then he's just kind of fizzled out of this offense here. But KC funnels targets to opposing tight ends. So Henry as a tournament option is not bad, but Keenan Allen's probably my favorite guy in this game. Yeah, the targets have been back up for Keenan Allen. We kind of knew it was going to happen, but – it's good to see that the targets are up for him. You mentioned Mike Williams. He's a guy that obviously can get, um, you know, some positive regression like we've kind of been hoping for. Melvin Gordon and um, Eckler have been very involved in the passing game here recently. They've been on the field a bunch together too. Um, I think that's something that we could potentially see moving forward. Um, if, I feel if, like a lot of teams are kind of moving that direction after Cleveland did it successfully with Hunt and Chubb. Yeah, but if you have a pass catching back like Eckler and a guy that can move the ball like Gordon, why wouldn't you? Like, yeah, <laughs> it makes it makes more sense than rolling um, Andre Patton out there as a third wide receiver. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. that is definitely true. <laughs> um, I don't hate the running backs here. I think that um, Eckler is really really interesting. Um, he needed. I know. So shout out to Christian Mino. He did this um, article. On our RG, it's like week 17 motivation, rest, and milestone tracker. Eckler needs, I think, um, 50 or 60 receiving yards for 1,000 receiving yards on the season. So let's just go ahead and lock that in. Like, he's going to get targets in this game. So I think Eckler is very interesting as a tournament play here. Um, and we've kind of seen that, you know, increase um, as the season's gone along. So uh, as far as the Kansas City Chiefs go, Grant, like, they want to win this game. But – does it really matter? Like they're, they're pretty much, unless a lot of stuff happens, they're pretty much locked into where they are. I mean, yeah, if the Patriots lose and they win. Patriots aren't losing to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you'd be surprised, but like the main thing is these games are going on at the same time. Like they can yes. check the scoreboard at half. Possible that the Patriots are up three touchdowns at halftime. It's possible. So like they'll, I don't really have interest in any Casey guys. Um, Strictly because, like, I'm not sure how much of the game they're going to end up playing. So, Casey's kind of a cross-out spot. Obviously, they have some good options, but no reason for them to really go all into anyone. So, like, Hill, Kelsey, Williams, Watkins, McCoy, Harvin, like, all these guys are just kind of a cross-out for me. Yeah, Spencer Ware got sent to the IR um, earlier this week. So, like... I just don't think they're going to want to run these guys out there. I think it's going to be kind of a running back by committee this week. I, I don't think we see Damian Williams get enough work. Like, it's a good matchup for Damian Williams. Um, on paper, I would love to play Damian Williams in this spot. But, you know, for me, I just – I probably won't go there. I probably won't go Kelsey. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I don't really see the need for this team to push it. And, like, week 17 for me in the, in the past has all been just kind of playing it with the safe guys. Um, teams that have something to play for or Cincinnati where they have nothing to play for, but they, they have the number one pick next year. So it doesn't matter. So uh, let's move on. We got the bears and the Vikings 36 and a half total here, Minnesota favored by one grant. This is probably my favorite bet of the weekend. I love the Chicago bears money line in this game. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota really has no reason to play their guys. I mean, Chicago still needs to figure out if they want to bring back Trubisky um, or move on. Like, there are some decent options in this side, which I hate saying about uh, about the Bears, but, like, Allen Robinson just getting massive volume each and every single week. Uh, 12, 14, 8, 12, 10 are his targets over the last five weeks. And so, like, just based on sheer volume with his touchdown upside, with his receiving upside, I don't mind Allen Robinson. He's not going to come in high-owned at 7.2K here. Minnesota's given up large receiving numbers to opposing – wide receivers so Robinson's a guy that I want on Chicago they don't have anything to play for but they are going to play their guys just to figure things out uh, outside of him like I'm probably not going Montgomery probably not going Cohen like maybe Miller but probably not um, I think it's just Robinson for me here yeah I don't mind Miller here um, Gabriel is probably not going to play right like 
there's no I, I doubt like he another concussion right like he's I don't think he's gonna play here with this concussion issue so um I don't mind Miller but Robinson like you said like they, they're not giving tight ends targets um maybe we see Trubisky run the ball less in this game I, I like I, I, Allen Robinson a lot here um but again I like this more of as a bet like I don't want to play anybody from Minnesota I have interest in Allen Robinson but like I'm not playing Mike Boone. I'm not playing Abdullah. I'm definitely not playing Cousins, Diggs, and Thielen. Like, they have nothing to play for. Like, do they go out and play this like a preseason game where they play the first quarter and then sit these guys or one or two drives and then sit these guys? Like, they have nothing to play for. They can't improve. They can't go back. Like, get ready for next week. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like, no interest in any Vikings for that exact reason. Don't know how much they're going to play. I mean, it's week 17. Luckily, it's a 15-game slate because there's – a good amount of teams that we can just entirely cross off and Minnesota's one of them. Yeah, you let other people make mistakes in week 17. Like, that's the biggest thing about week 17. People that are not paying attention. Oh, Dalvin Cook. This is, you know, Dalvin Cook. He can do his thing here. No, he can't. He's probably not even going to play a snap in this game, even if he is feeling better after, you know, taking a week off. Like, let's just be realistic for a second. Yeah. Uh, we're moving on. We got the Packers and the Lions. 43 total. Green Bay favorite by 12 and a half. Probably one of my favorite offenses to target this weekend, Grant, um, is Green Bay. Like, Detroit's been a team that has been terrible against the run, against the pass. Like, I don't know how much I will stack Rodgers, Jones, and Adams together, but I'll have plenty of those three guys on a lot of teams here. Yeah, as of right now, uh, Jonathan Williams, I believe, is still questionable. He didn't participate on Wednesday. I mean, we'll have to see going forward if he is going to play. But <clears throat> if he's out, then this is Aaron Jones' backfield. and you know, the thought process, oh, they may not unleash him here. They may still mix in other guys. Yes, that's a possibility, but they need to win this game. So both New Orleans and Green Bay have a shot at first round by, and I think a shot at first overall. Green Bay, if the, if Green Bay wins, they're locked in. They're locked into a bye, and they have an opportunity to get the number one seed. So Green Bay is full full gas. Like, they can take their week off next week if they win this game. Yeah, yeah, so – uh yeah. Sorry, it's, I threw you simple. off. I just <laughs> Well, I'm going through everything. So essentially New Orleans, Green Bay, and San Francisco are all tied. Um, and two of those three guys will end up getting a first round by in all likelihood here. So, so we could break it down really quick. I could do it for you. If if San Francisco wins, they're the number one seed. If Green Bay wins they're the number two seed if San Francisco wins. And if, if San Francisco lo- loses, New Orleans is the number one seed. Exactly. So those three teams can be the number one seed. It just depends yeah, on how it goes. Which is weird that New Orleans doesn't have a tiebreaker over San Fran, but they do over Green Bay. It's 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 just it's just weird. But uh, in any case, yeah, Green Bay they they they, they need to win this because they aren't the San Francisco games liking. So this yep. absolutely is a play for the win at all costs here because that first run by and potential number one seed is very important here. So Aaron Jones, if Jonathan Williams out, is just a fantastic play. I know he's priced up at 8.2K, but the guy has massive upside in both the receiving and uh, rushing game here. We've seen him put up over 100 yards two of the last three weeks on decent volume, and he's going to get decent volume in this one if Jonathan Williams is out. So Aaron Jones, absolutely fantastic play. Devontae Adams, in Jamino's article, he needs 96 yards to get over 100 for the season, and that doesn't even really matter because – Rogers still going to target him 10, 12, 15 times in this matchup here. So he's a guy just based on volume and lack of other options in the receiving game that should crush there. And the Rogers going up against Detroit, one of the worst teams in the league versus the pass. I think all these guys are great options. Yeah. Thank Grant. Like Lamar Jackson's not going to play. Patrick Mahomes might not play the second half. Like, this might be the week we play Aaron Rodgers. Um, so I'm with you. And then on the other side of this game, like, I don't love Detroit here. Uh, you know, the running back situation, you know, Johnson came back last week. Um, he only played like 35% of the snaps. Nobody else played over 30%. They were all over the place with, you know, Johnson, Scarborough, and Johnson. Um, I, I just – Maybe run it back here with Kenny Galladay or Danny Amendola, but, you know, just kind of hoping that they're going to be throwing a lot trailing in this game. I mean, yeah, it's Galladay for me. Like, Blau has thrown the ball 
a bunch in three out of his four starts here. Last week against Denver is a little bit different situation there, and they were tough defense. Green Bay still has a decent pass defense, but they're not great by most metrics here. So Blau probably going to be throwing the ball a lot. Amendola and Galladay are going to be the two guys that see a bunch of targets here. We know where the offense is going to be concentrated at. So even if Blau doesn't do great, like Galladay and Amendola can have a great day on full-point PBR sites, and we've seen it happen multiple times with Blau's quarterback here. So uh, Amendola, you look at last week, he only got 4.1 points. He only had three targets, but he was going – doing a lot of work out of the slot there and just basically like we know who Chris Harris Jr. is he's a very good cornerback here Denver is not a good matchup for opposing slot guys but this is a little better one here so Galladay and Amendola are the two guys that really interest me here all right let's move on we got the Saints and Panthers 46 and a half total New Orleans fair by 13 this game's in Carolina um you know we just got done saying the Saints need to win this game as well um like they're going to be full full pedal here as well. We have some weather concerns here, but Saints are really easy, Grant. It's it's Breeze, it's Kamara, it's Thomas, it's Cook. Like they, you know, you play Michael Thomas in cash games. Like he's one of the safest plays on the slate. Yep, yep. And we know the volume's going to be there in Cook. Although Carolina is very good against opposing tight ends, he's just been seeing like big numbers in the last four games, last six games, just for a while, the entire second half of the season here. So Cook at 5.2 is a little bit priced up, but it's still probably worth it here. Thomas, absolutely lock and load. Again, he needs he wants to probably absolutely crush the all-time receiving record for one. For two, he's the biggest contributor in this offense, and most of the volume just goes straight to him. And for three, he's just Michael Thomas. You just play him. Um, Carolina's been giving up large volume of targets to opposing wide receivers. They're not great on the outside, and Thomas should absolutely feast. Carolina's the th- giving up the most fantasy points to opposing running backs on the season. This game is probably going to be a little bit of a blowout here. Kamara's probably going to be running at the end of the game. He's finally getting touchdowns last week, like the progression was coming at some point. So the volume will be there. The touchdown equity will be there, and the matchup is perfect. So, yeah, Breeze, Thomas, Cook, Kamara, all of them are great options. Yeah, um, nothing really bad to say, like – about any of those guys, Michael Thomas, 17 targets, 12 targets, 15 targets over the last three games. Like, you know, Smith had two last week, Ginn had zero, Harris had one, Hogan had one, Cook had four. Um, you know, we finally saw Kamara, you know, we talked about him last week, you know, positive regression coming for the touchdown. So it was nice to finally see that happen. On the Carolina side of things, like Christian McCaffrey, um, He's just going to smash in the spot. We we I don't know if you watched the game. I was I went back and I watched some of Greer's first start. Um, and Captain Dumpdown, like he might be worse than Sam Darnold at Captain Dumpdown. Like Christian McCaffrey on PPR sites has fifty point upside. Yep, and he needs two hundred and sixteen yards from scrimmage to break Chris Johnson's record. He needs sixty seven. Might yards. happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Um, they have nothing last- else to do. Like. <laughs> Well, last week, everyone's like, all right, he's probably not going to get the record. He needs, like, 400 yards. Well, he got 119 receiving, and he got 52 rushing. Like, we've seen this guy go for over 200 yards before. Like, it could easily happen again, especially if they're going to try. So, yeah, like, it's just a smash spot here for him. And he's just – he's 10K, but absolutely worth it. One of the top options on the entire slate, probably the top raw points option. At running back here, he's my number one guy. It'll be a little tough to fit him in the offense, but so much value. Like, guys, this is Thursday. Value will open up by Sunday. It's going to happen. There are going to be guys that you can spend down on. Just wait and see for that. We're not going to be able to point them all out now because we don't have all the news, but value will open up here. So CMC, probably a guy that's very much in play. You can probably fit him and Thomas into your lineups in all likelihood here. So McCaffrey, only guy I'm looking at by level. Yeah, I think you could take, like, if you want to take some tournament flyers on, like, uh, Jarius right here. Uh, it doesn't sound like DJ Moore is going to play. I don't see why they would roll him out there. Um, so, I, I just don't see him playing. So, if you want to take a shot on, like, Jarius Wright, I think everybody will play Curtis Samuel. I don't have an issue with Curtis Samuel either at 4,900. Like, he's a guy that scores touchdowns, so he gets those red zone targets. But it's a different quarterback, so. Um, moving right along here, we have the Dolphins and the Patriots, 45 total. New England's favored by 16 in this game. <laughs> so, 
Um, Patriots need to win this game. This game actually matters to them. The Dolphins need to lose this game because if they somehow win this game, they are going to cost themselves like another four or five picks uh, because they're dumb and didn't tie Cincinnati last week. Um, Patriots clinch a bye with a win. Let's start with the Miami Dolphins, though. Um, it, it sounds like they're going to play their guys here. I mean, they have no reason not to. I mean, let's be honest. All the running backs are already injured. Um, the running back of the future probably isn't playing in this game, so don't have to worry about that. Parker is the only one that – Parker and Hearns are the only ones that are locked up for a little bit, and both of them are all right options, not great options. We obviously know that New England's incredible versus opposing wide receivers. They have a shutdown defense here. So I'm probably just – everyone except for maybe, maybe Gusecki is just off my list. Um, it's that simple. It's not a good matchup. And although Fitzmagic is the best QB of all time, and I will have one Dolphins stack just because I stack Fitzmagic every single time he plays, uh, that doesn't mean that you guys should. Yeah, I'm the Dolphins fan, so I'm I'm always right there with you. But yeah, like New England's just been so good this season defensively. Like we, I t- it took me a long time to kind of believe the hype on New England's defense, but you know we're definitely there. And I think you could take a shot on Devontae Parker. I think you can take a shot on Gasecki. Uh, it's just – it's large field tournaments only, and it's really – you know, you're probably lighting that money on fire. Um, let's talk New England here. Like, obviously, they want to win this game. They always kind of play their guys. Miami stinks. Um, anything standing out to you here? I mean, you can take a shot on Sony. Like, I think you have to, right? Yeah, I hate doing it, but he did get – 21 attempts last week, 19 the week before, and now gets a matchup versus Miami where they're a 17-point dog. Like, he hasn't gotten great numbers or fantasy numbers the last two weeks, but the volume has been there. He just hasn't gotten a touchdown. So, Michelle, absolutely a good option at 4,900 there. Offers you a little bit of value. Probably not going with Edelman at 7-3. There are too many other good wide receivers in good spots that – they're probably going to need a throw. Edelman does get large volume, but he's still in hampering a little bit that knee and shoulder injury. So if they get up ahead, they're not going to keep him in the game because they want him for the playoffs here. So it's really, really just Sony for me. Yeah, and like he's sixty five hundred on Fanduel. He's nineteen dollars on Yahoo. I think that they're going to give him the carries here. The only the only reason that he only had five um, against Kansas City is they were down that whole game. So. Um, I don't think I'll play Brady here. I'm with you on Edelman. Uh, maybe take a shot on Sanu on a couple tournament teams, but nothing really crazy here for New England. Uh, Cleveland at Cincinnati, 43.5 total here. Cleveland favored by 2.5 in this game. Anything standing out to you here for the Browns? Sorry, trying to find the game here. I have to switch back and forth between things. But, uh, like, OBJ's 5,700, Landry's 5,900. Both of them offer a little bit of upside. Chubb. Offers a little bit of upside. He still wants to lead the league in rushing, I'm sure. Um, Cincinnati's not good defense. Chubb would be the guy that I would really look at. I don't really have any interest in Baker. Like, they have nothing to really pay, play for, but it's still just a good spot. I don't have a problem with anyone, but Chubb's the guy that I really like just to the fact that it's a terrible rush defense. And he's a guy that if he gets the volume, he can, he can break off a 70-yard run at any given time. So Chubb is the guy with the most upside here. Yeah, I think McCaffrey is like 90 yards behind Chubb for a leading rusher. So, like, I think Chubb will get 15 to 20 carries in this game. I don't hate him. Like, it's Cincinnati. Um, OBJ is like 50 or 60 yards away from 1,000 yards on the season. Like, these guys are going to get their stats and they're cheap. Um, you know, watch the weather. You know, this is one of those games we are going to kind of have to pay attention to Roth. But this could also be a spot where, like – we see Landry get limited all week and, like, maybe sits on Sunday. They showcase OBJ to trade him in the offseason. So, who knows? Like, it's not crazy yeah. to see in week 17. So, um, I do like Odell Beckham at 5,700 going up against Cincinnati, though. Like, it's just too cheap. Um, it's just burned me so many times. So many times this year. But, like, he's put up 14 in back-to-back weeks and his price has gone down. So, and it's Cincinnati. Um, as far as the Bengals go, like – I don't hate Tyler Boyd here. Um, I don't hate Joe Mixon here. Mixon, I'm just, I just have a problem paying 7.2K for him. Like, I get that the last week was probably bad because he was 
battling an illness. Um, and he was if great. I would have changed off him, he would have went off. <laughs> yeah, I, I I got lucky. I swapped off of him almost entirely. I think I had one mix and share left, and I just swapped over to Freeman. Still didn't win money that week. Don't know how, but things happen. Uh, but in any case, like Mixon, I don't really want to pay that price tag. There's enough other good running backs on the slate here. Boyd, Ross, both these guys, like Dalton might be slinging it. This could be his last game as a Bengals, as a Bengal 56 here. 56 times last week. He's thrown over 50 multiple times this season and averaged over 40 attempts per week here. He's going up against Cleveland. This is an Ohio game. It's two Ohio teams. Like, we've seen it be high scoring in the past here. Uh, I, I really, really think that Dalton's a decent play here at 5,900. And pairing him up with Boyd and Ross is just a great way to go. Yep, I'm I'm with you. Um, Ross is really cheap, and he had 13 targets last week. So, good old Andy Dalton was slinging it last week for sure. So, Atlanta at Tampa, 48 total. Tampa favored by one. Um, Falcons, they haven't really sat anybody yet. Like, you know, it, it's kind of shocking that they have been rolling these guys out there. You know, we know that Tampa is one of the best run defenses in football if not the best run defense in football, but they've really struggled against, you know, the pass. They're allowing the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Is this a spot we just think that Julio's going to get a ton of targets again and we just play him again? Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, Michael Thomas is probably the better option, but Julio, 15 and 20 targets the last two weeks here. He's getting all the volume without Ridley in that offense. Going up against Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has not been good versus the pass, although they have been better in recent weeks. I still don't buy into them being a good pass defense. So they're still well below average in my opinion here. So Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, both fantastic options. Probably not rolling with Freeman, even though he's been doing well recently. And he is heavily involved in the receiving game. I still can't justify playing most running backs going up against the Tampa Bay defense. So it's Julio, it's Ryan, and then Hooper. Tampa Bay is not good versus opposing tight end. Gets a ton of volume to opposing tight ends and Hooper 5,800. I know he's priced up a bit, but the guy's been paying it off for the most part when he's actually been in the game. Doesn't have a whole lot of touchdowns recently, which is why his game log doesn't look great, but it's also been tough matchups. Now he gets a matchup versus one of the best teams to target a tight end against. So Hooper is definitely a guy that I'm looking at too, but Julio is my favorite option here. Yeah, I don't think I'd play Ryan in this game. I'm with you on Freeman. I, I played him a lot last week, but... I mean, the interesting, interesting thing with like... Every QB going up against Tampa Bay is Winston's probably going to throw some picks in bad spots, and Atlanta's going to get good field position. I mean, you can say that Winston's going to regress with the interceptions. I don't think it'll happen. The guy just slings too much. It's kind of what Brett Favre did his entire career. So they're going to—he's going to throw picks. They're going to be in good field position. There's going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be a high-paced game here. Like I—I'm I, fine with Matt Ryan at 6,500. Um, and then the other side, Winston, man, he looked terrible at times last week against Houston. He really did, uh, through four picks, you know, you could play Winston and you could play Atlanta's defense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I played opposing defenses with Winston in so many lineups this year. It's worked out great often. Uh, but Winston, like, yeah, we know that he wants to get 5,000 yards. He's pretty darn close to 5,000 yards, but like, he only needs 92. He can still get into, like, the second all-time in passing yards, third all-time in passing yards. Like, he can still do it. I think Breeze and, Bra- uh, Breeze and Manning have locked up the one and two spot, but Winston has a chance to get number three, I believe. So, Winston, he's going to be slinging the ball here, and we know exactly who's going to – well, we know he's likely to be throwing to – Godwin's questionable. He's not going to play. Yeah. I, he, I, he's questionable, but let, let's be realistic. He's not going to play. Yeah. So, Perriman, Watson, Howard, Brait, those are who he's throwing the ball to. He's going to get probably 350 to 400 yards in this spot here. Atlanta's defense has been better in recent weeks, but still a team like, let's be honest, Winston can put up big numbers versus any team. They'll also throw a lot of picks, but he's still going to put up decent fantasy numbers, and he has to out of the last three weeks. Even without Godwin and Evans, Perriman Watson can have a massive game here. Perriman last week had 12 targets. I think that we see something similar this week. So, yeah, we know who to target here. This is my favorite game that really doesn't mean anything on the entire slate. Yep. Um, Watson's going to score in our touchdown this week, just so you guys know. Like, Atlanta's terrible against slots. 
Like Watson's going to score near a touchdown. Like if Adam Humphreys was still on Tampa here, I'd probably lock him in. <laughs> oh, good old hump dog. Good old hump this, dog. This would be the lock in spot. So uh, we got the Jets and the Bills, 36 and a half total. Buffalo favored by one and a half in this game. Buffalo has nothing to gain from this game. They said they're going to start their starters, but they don't know how long they're going to play them. Um, let's start with the Jets. Any interest in any of these guys? No. No, Buffalo's defense is too good. It's being played in Buffalo. Like, looking at Buffalo quarterback. Yeah, but if their starters get pulled. I, I guess that's defense true. too. Yeah. Is this a sneaky Jets spot if the starters for the Bills only play, like, the first quarter? I mean, I think probably, like, Crowder would be the guy Anderson. just – Anderson Crowder type. I don't the problem with him, Anderson, though. we'll have to check on weather, but it's it's Buffalo and it's late December. Like it looks like there's going to be wind. It's going to be freezing. It's not really a spot for a guy like Anderson who relies on bombs. Um, like I haven't looked Crowder at Crowder game. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Crowder is the guy that I would yeah. want to go with. He's going to get high volume. Like I don't I haven't looked at opposing quarterbacks, but Josh Allen this year averages way less yards at home than he does on the road. I think 179 at home, 228 on the road. So, like, there's a reason behind that. It's weather in Buffalo is terrible. So, it's really just Crowder for me. Like, you can go with Darnold. Maybe he gets a little bit done on with his legs. Like, it's going to be mostly short area passes, though. So, Crowder's really the guy that I'm looking at. Yeah, um, I have to look up and see if Lev Bell has any incentives or anything, but uh, it's been a terrible season for him. So I mean, do you uh, think they really want to pay him more? Right, yeah, this might be a spot where, <laughs> hey, Lev, uh, take a break. Um, yeah, if they're going to do anything with him, it's probably just to showcase him so they can maybe trade him next year or in the offseason. Right, he played like 95% of the snaps last week too. So, But, yeah, I like the Crowder call. And then on Buffalo, I'm playing nobody. Zero yeah. chance I'm playing any of these guys. Yep. Beasley worked out really well last week, but oh gosh, Beasley's been printing money all season long. So, but yeah, I'm fading Buffalo here. Unless we get word that they're going to play all four quarters, if they're going to play all four quarters, maybe I look at some of these guys, but probably still fading Buffalo here. Yeah. Uh, We got Washington at Dallas, 45 and a half total here. Dallas favored by 11. Um, Dallas needs some help, but they have to win this game first. Um, I think Philly has to lose, right? Isn't that what it is? Philly has to lose. Dallas has to win. Yep. Um, let's start with Washington. Case Keenum back at quarterback. McLaurin 80 yards away from 1,000. Can we can we play Terry, Scary Terry here? Yeah, I mean, we saw what Scary Terry was doing without Haskins behind center here. And this is Keenum's a spot where – Chuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Keenum's playing for a new contract, I'm sure. That's like, right. He's going to come out. He's just going to chuck. <laughs> He's forty five hundred. I really, really like Keenum in this spot here. Yeah, just be... every time he walks to the line, Grant. <laughs> yeah. All right, go run it with AP. All right, guys, we're not gonna do that. Throw the ball to <laughs> McLaurin. Just go for the end zone. Um, yeah, McLaurin and Case Keenum are the two guys I'm really looking. McLaurin at. is in the concussion protocol for what it's worth. I is forgot he? to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't present at team practice today, but. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. If he's so, out, man. Sims Jr. at 4700. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Case Keenum's just going to chuck. Uh, yeah, whoever's, whoever's playing wide receiver, if McLaurin plays, it's concussion. So, if he gets cleared, that means he's pretty much 100%. Uh, but if McLaurin's out, yeah, you just start loading in some of the other guys in this offense. But it's, it's probably probably the passing game here. I don't think I'm going with going with AP. No, and like um, Harmon too. If McLaurin sits, Harmon's thirty nine hundred. There's the value that we've been telling you guys about. Like this game would open up value if McLaurin doesn't play. But McLaurin has incentive to get there. Like he has incentive to want to play this game. Like rookie season, eighty one yards for a thousand receiving yards in his rookie season. So um, there's definitely incentive for him to play. On the Dallas side, uh, you know, Zeke, you know, we talked about um, Christian McCaffrey, but, like, Washington has just been so terrible against running backs here recently. They just have not been able to stop anybody. I know Zeke hasn't had, like, you know, last week he really didn't do much, but, like, this is a spot that, like, Zeke could score two or three touchdowns in this game. Yeah, I mean, Philly was a tough run defense. So, now this week, like, prior to last week, and even last week, you put up 15 points. That was a bust for him. Uh, but he was putting up 20 on plus on a consistent basis here. Zeke, another guy playing for something in an offense that is going to largely feature him. It's 
win. If they lose, they're for sure out. If they win, they still have a possibility. So they're going to be playing pretty much the entire game. They have no reason not to. Dak is worrying me. Like earlier on the week, I thought it might be a decent spot for Dak, but his shoulder is having some issues here. We saw what happened against Philly. Did not have a great game. Could see it again. Like, I don't know. I'm still going to have some uh, Dallas stacks with Cooper and Gallup because just the massive upside that they can have on any given week here is just through the roof. So Cooper and Gallup, I think, are two guys that are you can pair with Dak and you can do the passing game. But I, I don't think I, – I either go passing game or running game. Um, all of them are viable. Just I don't think both of them hit. I think one of them hits. Yeah, this might be one of those spots you have to use the lineup HQ and use groups, or if you're hand-building teams, just kind of be paying attention. Like, I, I could see Dallas scoring five touchdowns in this game. Like, it wouldn't shock me, but I think it's like three three is probably – three or four is more realistic. Yeah. Um. All right, Philadelphia at the Giants, 45-and-a-half total. Philly favored by four-and-a-half. Um, again, love Philly. Like, you know, this is, I, I want teams that have something to play for. Philly wins, they're in. It, it's as simple as that. The Giants are terrible against quarterbacks. They're terrible against wide receivers. And recently they've been terrible against tight ends. They're allowing the most fantasy points per game, you know, to tight ends since week 13. So it, it's hard not to love the tight ends here. Obviously we are going to have to see if Ertz plays or not, but if Ertz is out, like we just, absolutely lock in Goddard at 4,900. Yep, that's pretty much it. He'll probably be the top tight end play on the entire slate. Guy's going to get a ton of volume. Got With Ertz getting here at last game, he got 12 targets. We can see something similar to that this week. Giants, as you said, not great. And they really don't have a whole lot of other options. I don't think I'm going with Wentz. With Howard likely coming back, I think I'm staying away from the running game. So, like, depending on what wide receivers are playing, I think Aguilar is questionable. Like, it could be Aguilar, it could be Ward. Either one of them can go off for a decent game, but Goddard's the guy that I really like. If Ertz is out, like, everyone gets a bump, like, and everyone's cheap. You're talking about value. Greg Ward's going to be the – or Goddard's going to be the most expensive pass catcher in this entire offense if Ertz is out. Yeah, I love Miles Sanders even if Howard comes back. Um, he's been so good here recently. They already came out and said that if Howard does come back, Sanders is going to be the lead back here, like – Sanders is a guy that I really like. I kind of want Howard to come back to lower the ownership for Sanders. And I want Ertz to play to lower the ownership on Goddard because even if Ertz plays, I still like Goddard. Um, the wide receiver core is a mess. Why, you know, our state of white side is, you know, questionable now too. He's dealing with a foot injury. So just going to have to pay attention to this. Like Robert Davis might be active for this game and get snaps because that's how hurt they are with wide receivers. So, um, the tight ends, like just load up on the tight ends, you know, the tight ends, Sanders. I, I love Sanders in this game. Nice. Um, Saquon needs some yards to get to a thousand, right? Like, isn't he somebody that has to get there? 89 yards. Yeah. Like it's a tough matchup. Like I, I know he absolutely, he crushed me last week. I did not play Barkley a lot last week. He destroyed Washington. Again, what we just talked about was Zeke Elliott going up against Washington. I don't mind Saquon here. But it's more of a large field tournament play at this price because let's just be honest. Like he's he's not better than McCaffrey. He's not better than Jones. He's not better than Zeke. He's not better than Kamara. You can make an argument for Henry over Barkley too because Tennessee has everything to play for. Like he's going to be low owned. I think that's the only argument that you can make for Barkley. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, like he's going to be low owned here. He's a great running back. What'd you say, um? Because my screen froze. <laughs> I thought you, <laughs> no, I was just going to let you keep I thought, going. I thought you were going to say, no, you're a dummy, Grant. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really like Barkley's a decent tournament option here just because of the massive upside they provides in any given matchup. Um, like with all the guys that there are in the Giants offense, I mean, you can take a shot on full stack. And we saw, just saw Jones go for 38 points last week. He's gone for over 30, what, three of the last seven weeks. He's done it four times this season. He can do it in any given matchup, and Philly obviously is not a very good pass defense here. So he has the upside. I don't hate it as a tournament play to just stack, like, Jones with Shepard or Tate or Slayton or two of those guys, like, really not a terrible option because all those guys have upside. Slayton 
hasn't really done much the last two weeks, but he did have a big game versus Philly before that. So who knows? Maybe it happens again. But like I, I don't like this is strictly a tournament game, but or tournaments team. But all these guys are very much in play. Yeah, like you know, you're gonna have to kind of see who plays at wide receiver. If Slayton sits. Like I like Tate a lot here. Um, if the if the tight end situation like. If Ellison doesn't play again, Caden Smith had some really solid targets last week. Um, so, sneaky off-the-board radar tournament play. But um, we know Philly's pass defense isn't the best. And we know the Giants are going to want to try to beat Philly here because these two teams hate each other. Yeah, I feel like this entire division, outside of Washington, which no one cares about them anymore. <laughs> Pittsburgh at Baltimore, 38-and-a-half total here. Pittsburgh favored by two-and-a-half. Pittsburgh, their, their whole quarterback situation has been a mess this season. Going back to Hodges here, um, they have to. IR again. Like Pittsburgh has to win this game, and Tennessee has to lose or something, right? Isn't that, like, the scenario? And scenario. Baltimore is locked into the number one seed, and they've already announced that, like, Ingram's not going to play. Um, Earl Thomas Mark, isn't going to play. A lot of guys aren't going to play. Yeah, like, Jackson's not going to play. So, let's talk Pittsburgh here. They have to win. It, you know, they're not going to probably see Baltimore's best here. Um, what do we do with the Steelers? Nothing. I don't care. Like, Hodges does not have upside. <laughs> Like, I, know, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was like, maybe their defense. Like, if Connor plays, like, I, I could see using. You can't him. finish a game, Grant. Like that. Every every game he goes out there, he's hurt in the first half. Yeah, but you got to stay positive, Stevie. Remember, have a positive. I am positive. Outlook. I'm positive he's not going to finish the game. I was hoping you'd <laughs> say that. <laughs> like. <laughs> Listen, Pittsburgh, their defense is interesting here. Robert Griffin's playing quarterback for Baltimore in this game. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but I think he was rookie of the year. Pittsburgh's defense is really interesting here because Robert Griffin III is playing quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, and they're 3K. Like, they were priced for Lamar. So, yeah, Steelers' defense is probably the play in this game. Like, Juju's 5,500. Like, you know, Johnson's you know, down to 4,800. Like, if you want to take some tournament flyers in the passing game, like, they're going – like, Johnson's been getting consistent targets with Hodges. So, I don't hate it. James Washington's 46. Like, I would just make sure I don't play more than, like, one of these guys on a team together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably just going to cross it off. We have a 15-game slate, Stevie. We can cross this off. That's yeah. defense. But it's a it's a team that has to win, like you know. So it's it's. I mean, we to... we kind of overvalue that. Like, realistically, this week seventeen, yes, a potential injury could happen to anyone. But most more often than not, injuries that lag into the next season don't happen that often. So playing week seventeen, even though these teams have nothing left to play for, like Atlanta and Tampa Bay, they're still going to be checking the ball. And the difference between the seventeenth and eighteenth pick in the NFL draft isn't really that drastic even 17th to 20th. So they want to do it for their fans. Like, this is a business. They do want to win, at least be entertaining. So a lot of these teams are playing for something still. But, yeah, Pittsburgh is not a team that we would ever think about using throughout the entire season. And I don't think it's going to be anything different here. Oh, we forgot to mention Washington. If they lose that game against Dallas, locks up the second pick of the draft. So. Oh, you know, um, they'll probably have Case Keenum just chuck the ball all over the place. That's right. Um, not playing. Are you playing anybody from Baltimore? As of right now, no. Check back later on in the week. Like, I'm not sure if RG3 is going to play the entirety of the game. He probably offers a little bit of rushing upside, but more likely than not, he's not going to do a whole lot here. I, I just – like, it's going to be a split backfield likely between Hill and Gus – Probably not playing them. Like, I can't trust any of these wide receivers. The interesting one is going to be, like, if Andrews is ruled out, like, you can take a shot on Boyle or Hurst. They're still going to be heavily involved with the tight ends regardless. going to run the same offense. But Andrews isn't going to be in there and just going to give a bigger target share to both Boyle and Hurst. If they do decide to throw the ball a decent amount, RG3 is probably going to rely a little bit more on the tight ends. So, like, if two of them get ruled out, then you play the third one. If one of them gets ruled out, I think both the other two are in play. 
Yeah, and um, Harborough already said that um, McSorley is going to play too. So, like, I, I, that's the only reason I don't want to play RG3 here. Like, how much is that really – is it going to be a half for each of them? Like, you know, I just – for me, I, I'm going to probably pass on the, the quarterback situation here. Like, I really wish um, Pittsburgh would roll out Paxton Lynch so I could play him at 4K. <laughs> Sit Hodges, just roll out um, Paxton Lynch. He's good for a few interceptions. <laughs> um, all right, Tennessee at Houston, 45 and a half total here. Tennessee favored by three and a half. Um, Houston is locked in. They're not really playing for anything outside of the fact that if they win this game, they can keep Tennessee out of the playoffs and their division rivals. So, um, any interest here in the Tennessee Titans? Yes. Do they have serious. a shot at the. No. No, they have a shot of the four seed. They are the four seed. Or do they have a shot of the three seed? No. Yeah, so it would be good. No, they are the three seed. They're the three seed, right? They have a shot of the four seed is the question. So right. they Hold do. On, They're tied, currently tied with the Bills. Like, this is where it gets interesting. And you have to kind of look at, like, do they really want to play the Titans in the playoffs? I think no. Like, if they end up winning this game, then they for sure don't play him because – Titans are out. Um, but if they lose this game, there's a chance that Buffalo loses too. And they may be matched up against the Titans. So the third time in a year, which people forget how much of a disadvantage it can be playing third, like the third time in a season. Like division rivals, always tough. So I think they do have something to play for. I think they do try and win this game. So they are locked into the four seed and they're playing Buffalo next week. It's already, it's already in. That's what it is. Um, Baltimore is number one. If New England wins, they're number two. Kansas City, if New England wins, is number three. And Houston is number four. Buffalo's number five, and it's either going to be the Steelers or the Titans that will be the fourth seed. So Kansas City will either play the I Titans. I forgot Buffalo's not even leading the division. I'm dumb. <laughs> oh, you're good. You know, it, the AFC East is strong with um, Buffalo playing so good this year. We're not used to that. So Yeah, definitely throw it so, so, yeah, Houston is locked into the four seed. They're playing Buffalo next week. That's why Buffalo can't move. That's why this game doesn't really matter for Houston. If Tennessee well, wins, they'll, they're in. I mean, if they lose, then they won't be playing Tennessee next week. All yeah, right. They win, or they, they win or they lose, they're still playing um, Buffalo next week. No, they're the three seed uh, if the Chiefs lose and the Titans win. So then the Chiefs kind of have something to play for, right? Or unless the Chiefs have the tiebreaker. I don't know. I'm looking at it, and it looks like. Okay, sorry. This is very complicated this week, and it's tough to keep track of everything. Yeah, so the way that I'm reading it is Kansas City would need – Kansas City has the tiebreaker over them. No, they lost to Kansas City. Yeah, Houston's a 10-5, and so if Houston wins and Kansas City, I don't know. Either way, um, Tennessee Titans have to win this game. Let's start with them. Yeah, uh, I love them all. Uh, Tannehill has been great. Houston has not been good at opposing quarterbacks and giving up points. And Tannehill has just been crushing every single week here, even on low volume a lot of times here. So he's got 20 touchdowns on the season that he's only played about half of. Like, I really like Tannehill here. Um, His price tag is a little bit disconcerting, but – Still a guy that I will use. Derrick Henry, if he ends up playing, then he was crushing every single week prior to injuring that hamstring. Like, hamstring's a little bit of a nagging injury, but he could still end up putting up a massive game. A.J. Brown's my favorite target, though. Like, he only had two targets last week. It was a weird, weird game, but I expect him to have a big target share in this offense. He put up 28 points against Houston two weeks ago. I love, love, love A.J. Brown here. Dude, just a beast, and Tannehill throwing him the ball, like he has massive, massive upside. Yeah, if um, if Corey Davis um does not clear concussion protocol, um, I think Tajay Sharp is another guy you can look at forty three hundred. Um, Jono Smith as well at forty two hundred. He's interesting here. He had a nice game against this team not too long ago, and like um, Tannehill is three touchdowns away from two hundred fifty thousand. And if he throws five touchdowns in this game, he'll make another 250000 So he has a chance of half a million dollars in bonus incentives in this game. So let's just be realistic. Like, he has a lot, and plus this team, they need to win this game. So um, 
if he somehow throws for 460 yards, he'll make another 250,000. So, um, or no, he needs he needs to throw for 206 yards to make another 250. So, Tannehill has upside to make like $750,000 in this one game. So let's just be realistic for a second. Like he is a fantastic play um, in this game. I'm a little concerned with Derrick Henry, like you said. Hamstring injuries always worry me, um, you know, but he's going to have to play in this game. They're going to need him. But um, uh, A.J. Brown, if Corey Davis doesn't play, Sharp, Smith, those guys are all in play here. On the Houston side of things, like Deshaun Watson's been questionable, um, been limited at practice all week. If he sits in this game, McLaren will play. Um, I kind of like the Tennessee defense if that happens. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee's not an easy matchup, so I probably wouldn't go with McCarron regardless. Probably not going Hyde, probably not going Duke. Like Hopkins maybe, but again, I, I worry about how much they're actually going to play this game. So it's an easy one where I could probably just end up crossing it off entirely. Yeah, and Will Fuller's doubtful for this game. So if you want to take a shot on a guy like Kenny Stills, who always busts when he's chalk. It's always fine. Um, Kiki Kote might play a little bit in this game, but he was inactive last week. So, going to kind of have to see how this one plays out. But Houston's not like a high radar target team for me, but I love Tennessee so much that, like, I'll probably have some pieces um, running it back here. But, again, it's week 17. I don't feel like you have to game stack. I feel like you can team stack. Uh, Moving on, we got the Colts and the Jags, 43 total. Colts favored by three and a half in this game. Um, Any interest here in the Colts? Maybe Hilton. Like that. I think they're still – Yeah, I don't know. I I think there's a report where he, like, might not play the whole game. Yeah. Uh, Probably just cross it off. I mean, Mac maybe. Like, if he plays the whole game and he gets a full workload, which I don't know why they would do it, but – they might do it. Jacksonville is one of the worst run defenses in the entire league here, giving up over five yards per carry to opposing running backs. If he gets 20 carries, which is still possible, they're not playing for anything, but they may still try and win this game just for their own edification. It's a divisional game here against Jacksonville. They would be a 500 team um, if they end up winning, which means they don't have a losing record. Probably something they want to go for. I think Mac is the guy that have some interest in, but not a whole lot. Yeah, like, Jacksonville's going to kind of want to lose this game. Um, you know, like, I'm pretty sure if they lose this game, they're locked into the sixth pick if Miami loses as well. So, I think that you kind of see Jags want to lose this game. Like, instead of having, like, if they if the Jags go out and win this game, they could have, like, the 11th pick or 10th pick. So, like, I don't know. I, I just I, This game's kind of a sneaker for me. Um, I'm with you. If we get news that Marlon Mack's going to play the whole game for some odd reason, which doesn't make a ton of sense, like Brissett's been kind of banged up, but I'm pretty sure the Colts don't have an opportunity to get to the playoffs at this point. I think they're officially eliminated. I think there's they have like a .01% chance, like six different things have to happen. Like the Titans have to lose, the Steelers have to lose. I think Oakland has to win, but then in order for them to have the tiebreaker based on victories, they have to have like six other teams win. But uh, doesn't Tennessee and Pittsburgh have the tiebreaker on the Colts? I'm pretty sure that's why they can't get in because even if the because they're well, they're if the Raiders win, I think they have the tiebreaker on someone else, so it goes to strength of victory. Um, yeah, I, I could be know, wrong here. I read multiple different things. Yeah, so, I think I think the Colts are officially eliminated, but I could be wrong too. So. In any case, it's not worth. Even this game stinks. Let's just yeah. let's just say Go that like, this one. game is not great. Like even on the Jag side, their incentives is to lose this game. Like Fournette, you got Shark though, you got Shark yeah. that's playing for something. Yeah, I guess. Like I, I don't have an issue with Shark if he plays. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. He's twenty six yards away from a thousand. So lock him in for two catches for twenty six yards. <laughs> Solid, solid uh, PBR right there. Better than zero, right? All right, uh, Arizona Cardinals at L.A. taking on the Rams. Um, it does not sound like Kyler Murray is going to play in this game. Like yeah. He, it, it's, it really sounds like it's going to be Brett Hundley. Yeah, which makes him interesting at 4,500. Um, just 
purely based on his rushing upside and the way that they run this offense. So you can put up decent points here. I don't mind Hundley at 4,500 if Kyler ends up missing. Uh, Drake, like if Hundley plays, he's probably going to get a decent amount of drop or dump offs and could be more heavily targeted in the receiving game here. So Drake has just been on such a massive tear recently that I think he's a very viable option here at 7.1K, but it would strictly be in large field tournaments. Fitz, like, this could be his last game ever. The guy might get 12 targets and might just throw the ball to him, especially if Hunley's playing. Might just throw the ball to him a ton. Uh, 4,500, not a terrible tournament play, but that's kind of it. Yeah, um, I, I think Fitz comes back, by the way. Um, because he's so close, like, isn't he really close to like the reception record or something? Like, I think, like, all time receptions or something like that. He's really close, but either way, um, or like, he's not, he's close he's, to like the top five or something. Like, I that. think he's number two right now, and no, he's a good go. 200 catches away from Jerry Rice. All right, well, then it doesn't even matter. See, it doesn't matter. I think it's, um, I think you might be talking about, uh, Reception yards. Maybe. I thought it was receptions, but um, either way, like I don't really like Arizona here. I like Kenyon Drake, and that's really it. As far as the Rams go, do they sit Todd Gurley here? Like, is there a reason to roll out Todd Gurley in this game? A dude that's been dealing with injuries for years? Like he's under contract for a couple more years, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. But the, I think the way they structured it, they have a potential out with some dead money that might, might be worth it. So like, I, I have no interest in Gurley. Like maybe you can take a shot on golf. Maybe they just decide to room out there and have one good game at the end of the year. Like we've seen what he's done against bad defenses before. We've seen what he's done against the Cardinals this year, 424 passing yards, two touchdowns. So I don't mind stacking up the Rams passing game a little bit, just hoping that they end up throwing the ball a bit and you can pair him with Woods. It's been fantastic recently cup. Like, if they're not playing Gurley, they might end up just running a lot more three wide receiver sets and Cup could be, be involved. But, like, it's strictly a GBP play. It's not – we don't know if they're going to be playing all their guys the entire time. They have nothing to play for, so. Yeah, but know. they don't have a draft pick next year. So, it doesn't – like, they don't have a first-round draft pick next year either. They were tr- it was traded to the Jags, I'm pretty sure. They so. haven't had a draft pick in, like, five years. So, yeah, like, so I think Higby is really strong here. I don't think Everett plays a lot if he does play in general. Higby had 11 targets again last week. He's put up at least 20 fantasy points in four straight games. He's 5,600. So, I like that. Are the Cardinals bad against tight ends? (laughs) (laughs) It's a fluke, remember? Um, Yeah. So, love Higby. I don't know. You can take shots. I just – I would not play Gurley here. Like – Unless you get news that he's going to play the whole game. Like, if Gurley sits, Malcolm Brown's 4K. So, I think he'd be in play, too. Well, I'm just going to have to kind of pay attention to the news here because Henderson's out, so he's on the IR. So, like, this could be a spot that we kind of get to see what Malcolm Brown has, and maybe the Rams take advantage of that. So Yeah. Um, moving on, Oakland at Denver, 41 total. Denver favored by three and a half in this game. You mentioned it already. Oakland needs a lot to happen. I think they need four teams to lose or something like that. Um, and that they would have to win to get in, but there's a chance that they can get in. Yeah. They have four game. They need four games to lose or something. So, um, do you like Oakland going into Denver here? I mean, Oakland's kind of trash. Denver's (laughs) not an easy matchup. So no, it's interesting. I think Josh, I thought I saw somewhere today that, Josh Jacobs had surgery. It's listing as questionable. Um, I'm, I'm looking it up right now just to double check and make sure. Uh, yeah. It, we haven't heard any details, but he posted on Instagram. Surgery went great. Fastest surgery ever. So I don't think he's going to play. I don't know if I have a whole lot of interest. It was in a skin under- infection. Oh. All right. Well. <laughs> had nothing to do with his shoulder. <laughs> I mean, in any case, I don't like any Oakland players outside of maybe Waller. Yeah, Waller's really the only guy that I have interest in here. Like, you know, I guess, like, we should maybe have a little interest in Renfro. He came back and had nine targets last week. Like, 
maybe slight interest in him. Um, they are playing for something a little bit here. Like, slight interest in him just because, you know, he's going to kind of be in the slot and stay away from Chris Harris. Um, but maybe a little bit of interest in Renfro, but Waller really it. Um, and then on the Denver side, I don't know. I, I probably won't take a shot on Drew Locke. You know, I think you could – play Sutton he's gonna get a ton of targets it really just depends if he gets in the end zone or not yeah I really like Sutton I really like Fant as a tournament play Fant just has massive upside in any given outing he can break off a big one at any given time so both Sutton and Fant I like I honestly like Locke um I don't know the weather's gonna be like this Sunday I feel like hey Siri no I won't ask Siri um (laughs) popped up Alexa, what is the weather in Denver on Sunday? Here's the forecast for Sunday, December 29th in Denver. Look 33 degrees. Alexa, that's enough. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be 30 degrees, but still, like, I don't mind Locke in this spot. Locke, Sutton, Fant are the guys that I would go with. Don't know if it would go with Lindsay or Freeman, but both of them are fine. Like, nothing stands out as a great play outside of Sutton here. Like, Sutton's just been so good. Locke has a connection with him. He's gotten 10 targets the last two weeks. Like, Sutton's the guy that I really want to go with. Everyone else is just tournament flyers. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Oh, Sunday Night Football, I guess, because Fantasy Draft has it on their main slate. San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks, 47 total. San Francisco favored by three and a half in this game. What are we looking at here on the 49ers? Um, Kittle would probably be my favorite guy to go with. I mean, obviously there's a lot of good tight ends on the slate and it being the late night one on fantasy draft. I don't know if he's going to get a whole lot of ownership. Probably not going with Garoppolo. Um, maybe, maybe Mostert, like he's 10, five. The guy has been crushing. I know he had a little bit of a lackluster outing the last two weeks, but still got touchdowns in five straight games. I think he's a guy that you can go with going up against Seattle. Um, yeah, it's really just Kittle and Mostert. Yeah, Seattle's allowing the second most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So I think Kittle is definitely interesting here as a, as a Sunday night hammer on fantasy draft, maybe on Yahoo. I'm pretty sure they have it on their main slate too. So don't mind Kittle in that aspect. Um, <laughs> the only thing that's – good about this game is fantasy draft did not add Marshawn Lynch. Um, and we so don't disappointed. Have to worry, we don't have to worry about the running back situation on fantasy draft. Homer's not a bad play. Yeah. He's going to get a bunch of dump offs. He's heavily involved in the receiving game. If they are down in this game, they're going to get him a ton of workload in the passing game. If you watched it last week, obviously it was a weird situation where they didn't pass the ball to Lockett or Metcalf much, but. Homer's 8.2K over on Fantasy Draft. I have some interest in him. Like, I don't think Turbin and Lynch are going to be that involved. We know how they like to run the ball a lot in Seattle. And Homer's the guy that's clearly going to be in there because Marshawn Lynch and Turbin are not going to be well-versed enough in the playbook to be in there for any passing downs. Like, unless they're just straight up. Like, even the blocking schemes, you can't learn it that quick. And I get that Lynch was on the team three years ago. The playbook has changed. I get that Turbin was on the team – not too long ago, but both those guys are not going to be good enough or not going to have enough time to get in there if there is if this is a passing game here. So, Homer, there is a way that he ends up with 20 points in this game. Um, outside of that, like, I, I don't mind a Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett stack here. Um, you know, this is a game that they need to win. Lockett has some incentives on his contract too, like a bunch of incentives. So, like, he – $200,000 by catching a touchdown in this game and then another $100,000 if he gets nine more catches in this game. So, like, hey, Russell, help me out here, bro. It's a game we need to win. So, um, Sunday night football, ever since some of the injuries to San Francisco, their defense has not been as good against the pass. They're still really struggling against – or still really strong against the run. But I, I like Lockett and I like Wilson here. Yeah, I don't mind that. They might also, check to see the status of their offensive linemen. I know they were down three at the end of the last game, and I think two of them are still questionable for this week. So that, like that, it's a lot bigger deal than people realize. Like the reason why that offense looks so just horrible was because half their line was out, and 
Russell Wilson was getting too much pressure with Chandler Jones in there. And so some of the guys that were on San Francisco can get pressure on them. Like we know what Bosa can do. So look at the offensive linemen, check their statuses, and that'll kind of give a bump or up or down to Russell Wilson in this game. All right. Now let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Um, Grant, give me a running back on the main slate to rush for over 100 yards that's not in the top five in price. This one's a tough one. Who's, I'm going Melvin Gordon. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Sonny Michelle. I like it. Smart move. That was a smarter move. <laughs> Wide receiver for over 100 receiving yards, not in the top five. Aaron. I like that one. Um, who who were the rookies? In? AJ Brown. Give me AJ Brown. Oh, is he in the top five? AJ Brown. Uh, yeah, I think he's, he's not. You're good. Uh, give me a tight end for a touchdown. I'm going Noah Fant. I'll let you have Higby. I don't want Higby. Um, Higby's a cheat code. And one, two, three. I'm not even going to take him because he's fifth and. Andrews and Ertz might not play. Um, give me Jonu Smith. I'm going with two Tennessee guys here. We'll move, Cat, and we'll see if it pays off. Um, under 5K to score 20 points in the flex. Who do you got? Watson. Justin Watson. Oh, you took my guy. Suck it. By the end of the week, we're going to have a ton of these guys. I don't think that we're going to see Terry McLaurin get through concussion protocol, so I'm going to take Sims Jr. I mean, even if he doesn't, Kim is probably going to be chucking enough where he might get there anyways. Uh, quarterback for over 300 yards, not in the top five. Who do you got? Um, Tannehill, I think, is in the top five, isn't he? Uh, Dalton. I'm going Dalton. Red Rocket. He's going Dalton. I'm going Carson Wentz in a must-win game. Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Guys, keep up on news. and Yeah, just keep up on news. Like an NBA, so you got to pay attention to news up until lock here. So that's going to wrap it up here for week 17. We'll be back on Friday talking some more NBA. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you guys then. Hey, kids.